Ho, ho, hey. I'm glad you're here. Happy holidays. Now, we all celebrate the holidays a little differently. For some, it's with classics like It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Carol, and A Christmas Story. And for others, it's childhood favorites like Home Alone, Elf, The Santa Claus, and Transformers Christmas. Okay, that last one's not real. There are those that like Christmas action, so films like Die Hard, I Come in Peace, uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight. And then there are those that enjoy that devilish inversion to holiday cheer. They prefer the likes of Black Christmas, Elves, Don't Open Till Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and of course, Gremlins. Then there are those that enjoy the truly horrific films of Hallmark, like A Dog Named Christmas, Christmas Cabin, Christmas Makeover, or A Rocky Mountain Christmas. I'm kidding about the last one. I, I mean, that's a real movie, but I'm about the horrific part. Because my wife and I watch them all. Because we like it all. I love the holidays. I love the specificity. I love how holidays change our environments and help the year not all seem the same. I applaud all of the people who help make these times special. Which brings me to this episode. Over a year ago, I began hunting for a Santa for this episode. I can't tell you how many Santas I exchanged emails with, and when I say Santas, I mean in-character Santas. Yeah, like refusing, refusing to break character. Which was frustrating, because I'm not a child, despite my behavior, and the con conversation I wanted to have is about the people behind the suit. Who are they? What drives them to sit for hours and bear witness to childlike wonder? Who dons the suit and visits hospitals and geriatric facilities? Thankfully, I found one. So here we go. The film is Deadly Games, the guest is Santa, and this is VHS. Hello and welcome to VHS, the podcast where each episode is about a film and the guest has the profession or experiences portrayed in the film. I'm joined in the studio today by Santa Shane, who's a Santa. Thank you for being here. Oh, oh, oh thanks for having me, Dirk. People can find more about you on your website, wishforsanta.com. That's wish number four, santa.com, as well as your wish for Santa on Instagram and Facebook. Is that correct? Yes. Thank you. Fantastic. Now, these are odd times, and not everyone is going to the mall, and I saw that you're offering some something really cool. So could you please tell us a little bit about your virtual visits that people can reserve? Sure. So during the holiday season, or right now, they can reserve them, and they start just before Thanksgiving. I have the day before, the day of, and the day after Thanksgiving, and then the three days before Christmas. Those are the hot times. Those are the premier times. Then I also offer weekdays during the week that parents can get on with their children and visit me virtually. They can go to the website, wishforsanta.com. Like you said, wish the number four, santa.com and select the time. All the calendars are available there. So once somebody selects one, then that time's no longer available and they have to go to the next time. But they can go to the calendars and select that time. And then I'll visit their children virtually, no matter where they're at in the country. What I really like, Dirk, is, you know, with everything that's happened last year, I don't like what's happened, but sure. with that has come newer technology. So now we're able to, let's say I'm conversing with a child anywhere in the country, their grandparents, aunts and uncles, sisters, brothers, whoever else can also join in oh, and wow. they don't even have to be in the same home. So yeah, we can have like a virtual Christmas party with the family 
and not everyone has to be in the same house. That's such a great thing to hear because, you know, with grandparents that are out of town and whatnot, they can see the joy on the little child's face with through. I didn't even think of that. That is fantastic. Yeah. So, Dirk, I've been um, Skyping with children for years. Uh -huh. And with that, there are certain locales throughout the country. I can say one is in Texas where I will Skype or I have Skype with the whole school at once. They'll put all the children in the gymnasium. And then what's great is they'll pick three or four children out, have them come up and ask me questions. They've got me in the gymnasium on the big screen oh. and then they can see me and I can see all their smiling faces. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So this year is a little bit different. So we're kind of going low key kind of, individually but yet together so we can join together those zoom meetings or zoom calls and i can visit with the children and like i said aunts and uncles grandparents can join in from wherever they're at in the country and you also use another platform as well uh was it microsoft or microsoft teams yeah so yes. just so people know some people don't have zoom some people don't use it so it's just good to know exactly. that santa's got other platforms yes the elves they hooked me up there you go <laughs> Uh, the reason I'm joined by Santa Shane is because we're brought together by the film 3615 Code Pierre Noel, a.k.a. Deadly Games, a.k.a. Game Over from 1989. It is a French thriller. And uh, at the time of this recording, you can stream it on Shutter, rent it from your local video stores like Movie Madness here in Portland, or buy the beautiful Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. The premise is Tomas, a resourceful child, is left home with his grandfather when a killer dressed as Santa enters the home, and Tomas must do whatever it takes to defend his home and his grandfather. Was this a first time watch for you? Yes, it was. Interesting film. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Uh, putting the film in context won't take long here. The director, Rene Manzer, did a few films. He did The Passage in 86 and Deadly Games in 89. A uh, lot of TV and he's still working today, which is good. Cinematographer is Michael Gaffier. He mostly did commercial work uh, in this film. The editor, Christine Pansu, did Faceless in 87. Gandahar in 87, uh, which is a crazy animated film, Deadly Games in 89, and Witch's Way of Love in 1997, which is another Rene Manzor film. Uh, I love it when you see these people who always bring back their team, you know? Uh, the actor is actually the son of the director, uh, Elaine Lalane, uh, I think I said that right, plays Tomas, was in The Passage, his other film before this, Deadly Games, and a TV episode, but after that, he transitioned to be a special effects producer for films such as X-Men Dark Venus, Vice, Lost in Space, Edge of Tomorrow, Avatar, and The Dark Knight. Wow. Yeah, quite a career there. Um, right, yes. The other two actors, we have Lu Luis Dussault, Ducrow, I'm saying that wrong. Uh, that's Grandpa. Was in The Night Affair in 58, Sunday in the Country in 84, Game Over in 89, Daddy Nostalgia in 90, and The Lie in 92 when he sadly passed away. Uh, and then our actor that plays Santa in the film is Patrick Florsheim, who was in a lot of uh, French things, um, just TV and things like that. But more interestingly, he is the French voice actor who is Jeff Bridges, Robin Williams, Michael Douglas, etc. So when films go to France and get dubbed, that's the man. Wow. Yeah. Uh, last thing I wanted to note is that the, the Minitel technology that they're using in this film was real technology uh, that existed prior to the internet. And it was a machine that you would dial in 3615 plus something else. And that would take you to essentially a chat room. 
then eventually a website. Uh, and the director's inspiration for the film came because he wanted to order flowers and he ended up in an erotic chat room. And he thought, oh my gosh, like this is terrifying where technology can lead people. Like our kids aren't, aren't safe from this. We can lock them in our home, but, but through technology, troubles can come. And so that's, that was the, the sort of inspiration for the film. But for us- Interesting promise. Yeah. For us, let's press play on Dial Code. We begin with familiar whimsical music inside a snow globe and we see the Eiffel Tower. We're like, oh, it's a holiday film. And then a garbage truck rolls over it and we're like, oh, this is something entirely different. Um, children are playing, throwing snowballs and we see a man enter and he wants to play with them, but they don't want to play with him at all. And, uh, and he seems really sad. And I, it's the first time you really get to see sort of the emotive face of this actor. Uh, He's, he's, he's quite memorable and quite striking, I think. Cut to a sleeping boy in a cockpit of an airplane and a dog <laughs> when a cuckoo clock goes off and then awesome music starts. And we get this ripoff of like Eye of the Tiger playing and this kid's getting all suited up like Rambo. Yes. It's really interesting because it's like this Western influence in a French film, you know? And also the, what he's saying about children and, and how they're influenced by violence in the media. It's not exactly subtle, you know? It's very, very on the nose in that scene. Uh, we see he opens a trap door in the hallway and traps the dog. They live in an elaborate mansion. Um, the exterior, which, I mean, is, is a real building, but then they, sh they built a scale model. So they're mm -hmm. using like a three, it's like a, about as tall as a person. And it's one of the things I really like about the look of this film is it has almost a surreal quality when it's like the camera's spinning around the top of the building. Cause as an adult, you're watching it, you know, and you're like, that's not real. But yet the kid was on the roof, you know, and it's like, it's this interesting little effects there. We, uh, the mother interrupts and says, it's time for breakfast. And we learn that grandpa is sight impaired and uh, the two of them eat breakfast handcuffed together, which is interesting. Yes. Uh, he says, Pilu says Santa's not real and that parents buy all the toys. And his mother is very quick to say, of course, he would say that he's naughty. So his parents have to buy all his toys. Uh, my daughter still believes in Santa. She's six. Oh, she just turned seven. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, so I, I love it ever so much. Um, I grew up in a very pro Santa household, both my mother and father. So I, I really enjoy uh, you, what you do, what you provide for families, especially. Thank you. Now, as Santa, do you get a lot of like real questions and things from kids? Or do you get like this vibe that they're like testing you and trying to figure out if you're a real Santa? Well, yes, they do. They do try to test quite a bit. Hmm. Um, uh, a lot of it is it's a lot of fun when the parents like yourself will most likely play along. And when your daughter may go sit on Santa's lap, maybe not this year, she's seven, maybe next year when she's eight or the next year when she's nine. Yeah. And she may question Santa. Well, how old am I? And I love it when the parents speak up, you know, your daughter's name. I'm sorry. Dear. Oh, Adeline. Adeline. So when you speak up and say, Adeline, tell Santa you're nine now, oh, you know, right. so it, it's really helpful that the parents are in it to help us, you know, keep the dream, keep this, you know, 
it live for them. You know, the, the wish of Santa, yeah. as you would say. So, um, of course, I get, you know, a few children each year tugging on my beard, which is real and long and white. And they can tug, but I ask them not to pull too hard. Right. Um, yes. So, you know, that's another, you know, thing. Um, some children will question, oh, what, you know, what did you give me last year? They're, they're interested oh. you know, in that questioning of, and once again, Dirk, I love when parents speak up. Well, Adeline, don't you remember? He had gotten you that four-wheeler, you know? Right. And, you know, so that, that's, you know, some of the questioning that I can tell this child is on the edge and do they still believe? And as you know, my parents being Mr. and Mrs. Claus for 31 years before me, my sons now being 21 and 23 years old, I would tell my sons when they were younger, that, you know, you know, Pa is one of Santa's helpers and, you know, it helps keep it alive. And like when I see children, they'll say, oh, you're not the real Santa Claus. I just saw you last week somewhere else. And I say, yes, I am. But that was one of my helpers. Right. You know, but for my own children, I would say, guess what? If you don't believe you don't receive the presents from Santa, <laughs> which those were always extra gifts. Right, right. Uh, well, I was going to talk about that later, but since you mentioned it, I, th I just, oh. when I found you online, because I've looked at many Santas um, for oh, over, thank you. over a year, I've searched. And one of the things that really drew me to you is there is this lineage. Um, and so if you could just please speak to that. Sure. So uh, when I was about the age of nine, we had gotten invited to a family friend's farm for Christmas. So we had gone there and it was my father, my mother and I. And they were like, oh, we don't have anybody to portray Santa. So my father was like, okay, I'll do it. And if you look at one of the pictures on the website, all they had was a red jacket and a red baseball cap. And my father being a nice husky man, you know, they were like, oh yeah, he'd be great in this jacket. So he portrayed Santa and he really loved it. He loved it so much that he looked into getting his own Santa suit. So him, he got the Santa suit. And then about three years later, my mother joined in and was like, oh, I want to be Mrs. Claus. And then eventually I would drive them to all sorts of functions, hospitals, nursing homes. And we had a great time, but that's how Santa Martin began. And so she was Mrs. Claus, he's Mr. Claus. Yes. And, and they did that, was that weird when you had kids? No, no, not at all. And it was kind of a separate thing. Ah. And I can tell you the, the very first year I was hired as Santa Claus, I was actually in a mall. And this is where I learned the biggest secret of Alter is they handed out these coloring books and on the coloring book, there was a caricature of Santa on the cover mm -hmm. and children of all ages would bring that book up and say, you know, they'd look at the book and they'd look at me and they say, Santa, this is you. So children don't really look too much into, sure. I have a beard. I have a big belly shakes like a bowl full of jelly, but, <laughs> but what they look at is the spirit of Christmas. You know, they kind of, yeah, it kind of washes over them that they don't really go, oh, your beard isn't long enough or it's not white enough or, you know, right. some, they don't dig into anything like that. They just look at the spirit of Christmas. Here is Santa before me and this is Santa here. That's a great point about um, the point of view of children, because uh, when when my daughter was, I believe, five, we would take her to this roller rink and this giant a person in a squirrel outfit would come out and all the kids wanted to meet the squirrel and everything. And, uh, and my daughter, the first time she took, she looked up holding my hand and she looked me in the eyes and she said, he's real. 
And it was like, it blew my mind. You know, I was just like, oh my gosh, this beautiful moment. Well, then she got into Scooby-Doo and how does every episode end? They pull the mask off the monster. I thought I was showing her, look, there's no monsters are real, but she just took that and also went, anybody is a person in a suit, right? So then we raced to get her to Disneyland because we're like, she won't have the at least one magic trip. We walk in, she saw Mickey Mouse and she's like, he's real. And we were like, oh, we did it. Like the, you know, and I don't know yes. how it works, but it's, it's also very emotional as a parent to take your kid to a Santa and to see like the level of skill that goes into these people that, you know, this is a profession, but there's a myriad of skills that you need to do it well. You know, you need yes. to work with the child, work with the parents, you know, you have to know, you have to assess the emotional state of a human being and know whether to, you know, move towards or recede. And I mean, there's, there's an incredible level of things that you, that, that when you as a parent see someone doing that for your kid, it's, it's pretty amazing. So. You're right. And I can tell you, Dirk, from my own experience, I've visited thousands. And what I love is, yes, I love to go into a home and I, you know, I have a, a set being of myself, I go in and I assess the children, which ones are going to come up and just hug me right away, which ones are going to be a little standoffish. Right. And I hope them to see either their siblings or their cousins to see that I am an okay guy that they'll come up, hug me and, you know, I'll jingle my bells. And I say, I sashay around the room. But you know, the, the people that get the biggest kick, and I always say, when I visit people, I visit children of all ages, and the parents, they really enjoy what I can do for their children. But the grandparents, especially, they revert back to their childhood oh, and yeah. what it meant to them. Either, you know, they got visited by Santa or they had hired a Santa to come into the home or go take their children to see a Santa at the mall. So they all, you know, kind of go back to this is what it meant for us. Like you said, you just you enjoy the, the thrill and yeah. what, you know, Santa can do for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird too in moments like that because it, you can also be like emotional, unexpectedly emotional, you know, like your eyes will get teary and you're just like, oh, wow, like I didn't, I didn't walk into this situation thinking that and that's, you know, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, next in the film, the mom leaves the two and back in the room, the two boys are talking about Santa again and Pilu says that they always ask the same questions. What's your name? Have you been good? Uh, what does Santa Shane bring to the experience? And did you develop that over time? So yes, when children come see me, I like to see um, how is your pets? You know, if they have any pets in the home, that's always, you know, which that film was a little disturbing at that part. Yes. We'll get to that later. But yes, anyways, will. you know, so how, how are they doing in school? You know, what are their favorite classes? What is the, their favorite thing to do? over Christmas break, because a lot of children, they get off that time. And what do they like to do during Christmas? For me, I myself do enjoy skiing and tubing. So I'm wanting to be out in the, you know, the wilderness. And I say, you know, have you seen any deer tracks lately? You know, my reindeer, they go all over the world before and after Christmas, they need to get their exercise. You know, and I have a lot of children, <laughs> still to this day, I get comments from parents, my children are still out there spreading the reindeer food, you know, Christmas Eve in the yard. And it's like, well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Uh, they're logging on to the monitor and uh, they reach out to Santa. They chat and we then see as an audience that it's the man chatting with the kid on the, on the terminal. And then the man wanders the market 
they had no permits for this section. The filmmaker said they were literally just shooting in the market. They couldn't afford extras. Uh, so that would always be strange if you just saw yourself pop up in a film. Uh, the man sees Santa and then just wanders in to become one. Uh, what's your take on other Santas? Is there a Santa community out there? Is there like a network or is it a very like individual profession? I can tell you, I blog with about 3,500 Santas around the world. Whoa. Yes. And that's just one area of blogging, but we help each other out. We answer each other's questions. We, you know, there's props for Santa and I don't get into too much of the magic of it, you know, which mm. some Santas do. And I think that takes away from the real, the being of Santa, mm -hmm. you know, that some will do sleight of hand for children. And oh, you know, I've never I, heard of that. Yeah. So I just don't, I don't do that. You know, there are certain like either finger grips where you touch your fingers together and it glows red. And I've seen some Santas, they'll put the fingers near a child's nose and they say, if your, if your fingertips <laughs> glow red, oh, then you've been naughty. And then it's like, oh, okay. Wow. And, you know, there's just sleight of hand still. Um, some Santas will carry like pocket watches that will say naughty or nice, and they can push a button on the side to make it go whichever way. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's, we talk quite a bit, you know, all the Santas. That's fantastic. A giant Santa blogging sphere yes. out there. Yes. Wow. Uh, the kid and the grandpa go work in the garage. We see a car that's definitely going to come back later on. And then the kid just takes grandpa for a spin. The child's driving a car. And I was like, well, this is reckless. <laughs> yes. Seems that's on the naughty list, I would think. Uh, I love all the exterior shots, as I said. And then we see a kid, uh, the Tomas, testing all the cameras in the house. And we learn that there's a, a network of security cameras all over the home, even in bedrooms, which is kind of <laughs> concerning. But... <laughs> And then we see a myriad of Christmas performers, including this guy. Uh, he has become a Santa. And in one of the scenes that I think is most uncomfortable. <laughs> the lady says that she doesn't like the look of him. The child doesn't. And he slaps her and then gets fired. Um, that's pretty intense. And it's interesting right there. From there, I drew in my head something that was like Miracle on 34th Street, oh. where they thought the Santa was unfit to see children because he knew himself to be Santa. Mm -hmm. So with this guy being the psychopath killer, right? I mean, you knew he was doing wrong. But yeah, there was kind of a Miracle on 34th Street kind of hinge there. That's, in that's really interesting. Tomas and Grandpa talk more about if Santa and cavemen and Napoleon are real. And Grandpa says... Well, there's proof of cavemen, there's drawings and skeletons. And Tomas says, we never found Santa's skeleton. And grandpa said, he's not dead. And then Tomas is like, all right, okay. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating conversation. We next learn that the evil guy is in a delivery truck from the toy company and he murders somebody. Uh, Tomas sneaks through a cabinet passageway and hides under a table to wait for Santa's arrival. And then mom calls Tomas and, and you know, he says, I want to see Santa. And she says he'll be angry and turn into an ogre if, she, if he waits for him, uh, which I've never heard that 
folklore before of Santa. I've heard that, you know, your presence will be empty, but I never heard an ogre. That's, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard it. And then the crazy man sprays his hair and beard with snow spray, which is kind of a very disturbing scene. One of the things I like about this film is like a lot of the carnage takes place off camera um, because I think if it was like super graphic, it would it would feel pretty gross with this child at the center of it and everything. Um, and then there's these long shots like this part where he's just spray painting his hair and beard and just his face is so, you're just like, oh, I'm really uncomfortable with this fellow. Uh, Tomas falls asleep only to wake up to see Santa's boots coming down the chimney, only it's not Santa and he kills his dog. Yeah, that was, a, that was absurd. Yeah, uh, the director said that this dog in the movie was incredible and he kept saying it over and over and over how great an actor this dog was. And to in this scene, the director is in the Santa suit because he thought if the trainer did it, it would be very concerning for the dog. So he thought a stranger would be better. And it's forced uh, perspective. So there's actually like a foot and a half between where he puts the cake knife and where the dog's head is. Um, and they did it in one take. And he said the dog was so incredible. They didn't have to reshoot anything and that it just looked incredible. Um, but this is a warning for anyone that hasn't seen the movie and is listening that is sensitive about um, violence against animals. I know dog fans are definitely out there. Then maybe skip this portion of the movie um, because that is pretty disturbing. Tomas grabs grandpa on the head to the car in the garage, but Sam's, this crazed man is in the driveway and he goes nuts on the car. <laughs> like he just destroys it. Yeah. Uh, Grandpa and Tomas hide in a giant room full of every toy the family's ever owned, which I thought was a really interesting and surreal thing. That there's just a toy garage, essentially. A hidden room. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting that it was Tomas's father's toys yeah. that they had saved forever and ever. And he goes there. And you know, it, it's really funny, Dirk. Another twist to this film is, I don't know if you remember the um, the movie The Toy yeah. with Richard Pryor. So this kind of is kind of like that, where Tomas, being the rich child he is, living in the mansion, has any toy he can ever have, plus all his father's toys that he had ever had. That's true. So. Yeah, I also noticed that all the technology is outside of this room, which I think is interesting. Like all the uh, video games, cabinets and things that he has, they're not in here. In here it's like stuffed animals and actually like wood toys and things. Yes, old, older toys, yeah. yes. Uh, Santa notices the camera in, in the room and smashes it with a guitar, which I thought was kind of a cool rock star image of like a Santa figure with an electric guitar, just like smashing a camera. Uh, Tomas and the crazed man play cat and mouse for quite some time. Santa gets the trap door. Uh, all kinds of things happen. Grandpa is almost apprehended by the crazed man, but luckily Tomas gets him, which is good because I genuinely care for this frail grandpa. I was I was very worried that he was going to get... It's like by the director having some harm actually happen to the dog, then we realize like, oh, this guy's going to do bad, bad things for yeah. sure. Um, yes. So it really keeps the peril ratcheted up. Another twist right there is back to you know, what Tomas has been, been doing in the home is a connection to Home Alone. Yes. Oh, for you sure. Know? Yeah. And all the all the gadgets that he had at his disposal. And it was really kind of high tech for the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. For 1989. I mean, yeah. it's very impressive. Uh, 
Tomas tries to escape through the front door, but the security gates have closed the windows and doors. So they hide grandpa in a suit of armor, which I just love. It's just such a creative idea. And then the crazy man gets trapped in a sauna and then escapes. And then um, there's a whole sequence where Tomas tags the crazy man and he's just like tracking him through the house and setting up more traps and the crazy man is getting attacked by all these traps and things none of them fatal by any means there's also a weird maze sequence that's like Tomas goes down a staircase and there's like a crazy maze I don't even understand what's happening in that part I thought it was really interesting too is like you said once the crazed man trashed the camera yeah Tomas being the 10 year old he was he rethought everything and that's when he tagged them so he could track where he was in the house and how close he was getting to them. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, he did. He rethought it. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, Tomas darts the man. Uh, there's a toy train sequence, which is really interesting. The police arrived and the crazed guy puts a stop to them really quick. Um, we learned that the crazed guy knows that Tomas tagged him only to say when he captures Tomas, okay, it's my turn. And then he just takes off running and you're like, oh my gosh, this poor like demented person is really like a child. Like he yes. wants to play the game. It's fascinating. It's, it's such an interesting twist when, I mean, there's no way to see that coming that he just goes, okay, now you find me. And then just takes yeah. off. And don't cheat, count to 20. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, oh it's so good. So Tomas takes off to get insulin for grandpa. He discovers the people murdered earlier were the caretakers. So Tomas steals a cop car only to have the crazed man jump on and they crash. Tomas escapes but trips over the policeman and he finds the real gun. But he can't shoot him. And he returns home to grandpa with the insulin. But the crazed guy returns and who finds the gun? The sight impaired grandpa. Oh no. Shots are fired and we get all the pieces put together as a child would do. He feels responsible for Santa turning into an ogre because he stayed up too late. And there is the end of the film. Did you have any favorite moments or anything you particularly thought about the film? Um, Well, like we discussed with that turning point of you think Tomas has seen his end because the crazed man has finally found him. And then when he says okay, now it's your turn to chase me. It's like so difficult. It's like, where is this going to? Yeah. And then Tomas, once again, getting into his electronics, was able to open all the gates, Yeah. you know, the doors and the gates of the house and finally get out. But, you know, just to no prevail, the, the crazed man, in fact, he was in the back of the car, the police yeah. car, when Tomas started driving away. And he's like, here I am again. Right. He's yeah. like, I, I, you, I, I hid here. You must have found me. That's... <laughs> Oh, man. Um, are there any common misconceptions about Santas? Hmm. So um, for one is age. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm not as old as people think. I always say I'm 348 years old when I'm asked. You know, um, another misconception is what kind of cookies Santa likes. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Dirk? Oh, well, it's always going to be gingerbread, right? No. Chocolate anything chip. Anything round. Oh, anything round. That <laughs> makes sense. No. Yeah. And, you know, years ago, I was, in fact, on the local news channel for three years 
between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that was a question that came up at least once a week was, what kind of cookies should we leave out for you, Santa? And for me, I dug down deep for the answer. And the answer is obviously chocolate chip. Yes, that is a good number one or number two ginger gingerbread. But I also say if you if you don't have time to bake, an Oreo will do. Oh, that's great. That's yep. very good. Yeah, my daughter, I think it's been store bought a couple times. And then always carrots, you know, for the reindeer. Oh, yes. Carrots. Yes. And celery. Celery. You know, it's funny. So last year, the biggest thing that came up when I would do a lot of personal events, fathers would come up after their children would get their pictures and they'd showed me on their phone. Hey, here's a Snapchat or here's a, you know, an image. And it's, you know, this is what I'm leaving out for you, Santa. It's pizza and beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Yes. Although you'd probably have to not have one at every house because you're flying a sleigh. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of Dial Code Pair Noel, which means it's time for a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of boring food and condiments made of processed ingredients? then you need Marshall's Hot Sauce. Each small batch is made by Sarah Marshall, who sources from local farmers. Her dedication to knowing the sources carries on through right down to knowing the single-origin beekeeper and even the harvester of the sea salt. Each sauce is plant-based, gluten-free, and packed with deliciousness. Annual offerings from mild to spicy, being smoked habanero barbecue, red chili lime, serrano ginger lemongrass, and habanero carrot curry. Not to mention a rotating offering of limited edition sauces like Whiskey Smoked Ghost, Caramelized Scorpion Ghost, Volcano Sparkle, and even a collaboration with the Heatonist, Bird's Eye Charred Chive Dulce. There's always something new and delicious. Just head on over to marshallshotsauce.com, that's marshalls, H-A-U-T-E-S-A-U-C-E.com. When checking out, enter VHUS in promo code for 20% off. That's VHUS at checkout for 20% off. And now, back to the show. We're back. Uh, Originally, we were just going to talk one film, but then the opportunity just presented itself. And so as a bonus present for everyone this holiday season, we'll also be discussing Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale from 2010. This is a Finnish film, which means we've done a French and a Finnish film here. So we're, you know, you can tell your blogging Santas around the world that you've watched some, some great world cinema. Oh, yes. The uh, synopsis for this film, which is based on a short about people who trap wild Santa Clauses and train them and sell them around the world, uh, essentially just builds on that even more so. Uh, And you can stream it on Amazon, rent it at local video store like Movie Madness Portland. Uh, And there's a Blu-ray out there as well. We'll put the film in context real quick. The director, Jalmari Helander, did two films, did Rare Exports in 2010 and Big Game in 2014 with Samuel L. Jackson and the same boy from this movie. Uh, The actor Oni Tamila, I think I'm saying that right, is in both of those films, Um, but we'll just get right to it and press play on Rare Exports. Uh, We begin with a countdown, 24 days to Christmas. Uh, We're on a mining rig, um, excuse me. We are on a mining rig and they are unearthing something. A man in a coat hands out new rules that say they must wash their hands behind their ears, watch their language. It's Christmas time, so to start acting like it. 
I thought this was really interesting because I feel like at least around my home, it did feel like people acted differently around Christmas. It seems like people did get sweeter and kinder and maybe thought about each other more. Uh, what, what do you see it being out there normally? Yes, so most definitely, you know, the spirit of Christmas, you know, reverse back to the old songs of Christmas, you know, have a holly jolly Christmas. And, you know, you see someone on the street, shake their hand, you know, greet them and, you know, share the joy, the, the you know, Christmas spirit. And so, yeah, that was kind of interesting. And he also said, you know, make sure you smile. Yes, you know, yeah. And, you know, which kind of had a Batman type movie yeah. reference there. <laughs> Let me see you smile. You know? Yeah, he, he, he does look emphatically crazy almost i mean he's like he's at first you're like oh he's passionately driven but then you realize well he's paying all this money to do this illegal excavation like there's something going on with this person yeah it was it was kind of left you wondering in the beginning yeah and they bring up a sample of something that they think is like packing material almost and then we see that two kids are spying on one of which is our lead uh and then later the boy reads these books uh, on Santa. And one of the aspects of this film I love so much is that it's, it's just shot beautifully. I mean, the, the one you can stream online, the version of that, it's all the colors are so rich and the, um, the artwork is very catching, even though it feels like this is less a riff on Santa and perhaps more a riff on a Krampuses type situation. There's definitely a crossover uh, in Finland, I think, where they are a lot of the imagery that you're seeing, but apparently it's it is based on um, folklore, which was where their, I guess, legend of Santa kind of began, um, just slightly darker than ours in the States. Yeah, the the images they had were very interesting and somewhat satanic. Yeah, it looked like, especially with the the big horns yeah. that Santa would have. It's, it's weird that they, uh, I mean, when people focus so heavily on the bad part, like, you know, like the like Krampus will come and get the naughty kids and put them in a sack and take them to like a pit in hell. Uh, it's pretty intense uh, for, for trying to get your kids to behave a little nicer. Um, I, maybe I look a little, like a little more sugar in my coffee, but I'm, uh, I would be more like, you know, there's presents under the tree. That's where I would go. But I guess if you want to strike fear in the hearts of children, that's another option. Um, I don't know. In your blog with other Santas, do you talk about the Santa way around the world? Are there different ways of Santa being that you, like does, are there people that dress as the Krampus or something on your Santa blog? No, um, I do know of some that do, um, the Grinch. Okay. So there is the opposites. And of course, you know, there's a world for those people too. Yeah. And, you know, so we have in our blogs, we have some Grinches, we have some Mrs. Clauses, we have some, definitely a lot of Santa Clauses, but not, no, not any crumpuses or, mm. you know, things that are demonstrative. And the, the greatest thing is that we, we all talk and we all share the, the commonalities. So there's not so many differences of you know what we do or what we want to do around the world um i myself and you know i'm located in the madison milwaukee area i have some santas for me that work for me in the milwaukee area that um like the one is from sweden so he tells me about the different you know 
they have different things that they do around the Christmas time. Well, even like for Norway, you know, they have instead of, you know, like, you know, Christmas dinners can be different anywhere. You know, oh, some sure. people have turkey, some people have ham, some people have fish, you know, so there's th those differences. But I mean, the true spirit of Christmas, we all keep it the same. You know? Right. Did I, did I mishear that you have Santas that work for you? Oh, yes. So I have my own elves. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, that's fascinating. How many, how many elves do you have? Three right now. That's awesome. In the area. Yes. And, and it's nice. You know, I can't be everywhere at once. So, yes, I do have to dispatch them to be wherever I can't be. Sure. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. We next see his father put spears in a big pit and cover it with branches, and then he hangs a pig head over it. And I was like, what is happening in this thing? Uh, we learn that the boy's name is Pietri, and he runs over to his dad's shop, but doesn't want to go in, which is what we see. His dad's butchering a pig. He's got like a whole butcher area in there. And they're expecting a bunch of deer to come through, uh, but they only see two runts. And so... Pietri's father and another man take off on their uh, snowmobiles uh, in search of where this herd has gone. Unfortunately, they find that they've all been murdered. Um, so then the men decide that they're going to head over to where the excavations happened because these people are the people responsible and they owe them $85,000. <laughs> uh, they find a massive cavern and then back at home, Pietri is covered in pads with his helmet on. I love just the idea that he's like, he's all padded up. So no kind of evil Krampusy Santa is going to get him. He even sleeps with a ring of keys that if he falls asleep, he'll like drop them. It's very interesting. And the dad has made gingerbreads. He lights candles. And it's a sweet little scene between a father and a child, briefly. Uh, it's very cold. But I was curious for you, giving so much joy to others in the holiday season what are things that you enjoy in the holiday season outside of that or is it just all consuming like november to january um no so i do enjoy i'll go to quite a few of the lighting ceremonies i'll be wearing a hat and a big jacket so not to be seen or heard mm. but i do enjoy going to the lighting ceremonies in fact in milwaukee they have one right along the riverfront where they set off fireworks and it's a big show Oh, so wow. I'm not sure what will be done this year, but it, it's kind of nice. So they, they do the lighting, they have singers on stage and, you know, they, they have choruses come from the local schools and do performances. But yeah, I enjoy going out and, you know, seeing that going through some of the neighborhoods. I enjoy going to the different, you know, other tree lighting ceremonies or neighborhood ceremonies that, you know, you can just walk through the neighborhood and enjoy the lights. We have one in Milwaukee called Candy Cane Lane, okay. which that's about, I want to say five blocks by six blocks where every house in that area decorates for Christmas. And, you know, we walk that area and just enjoy all the light lit houses. Nice. What about when you were little um, with, with parents that are Mr. And Mrs. Claus, what, what did, what did they do? What did you all do together? Was there time? Yes. Um, that's interesting. You asked because when I was very, very young, I remember back to where, us children, there's four, I have three siblings, so the four of us would go to bed and there was nothing in the house. My mother and father would stay up and put up a tree, decorate it completely, wrap all the presents, put all the presents under the tree. And then I remember my mother telling me years later that 
my father would wake us up at like three in the morning and then we would all come out and we'd say, oh, Santa was here. And we'd open all the presents and we'd start playing with everything. And then dad would say good night. And mom would stay up all night with us while we're playing with oh. our presents. <laughs> so, so, yeah. But other than that, I can remember my parents taking us in the car and, you know, growing up in the Chicagoland area, going out to the different areas that had these tree lit ceremonies yeah. or downtown. One of my favorite memories was walking along Michigan Avenue and seeing all the store displays. Everything was mechanical. So like Carson Perry Scott and all the nice, you know, oh, big yeah. department stores, they would all have their mechanical displays. So that was always a fun time. And then obviously like for Pietri, uh, baking cookies with mm. mom and dad and, you know, and baking different kinds of cookies and sharing them with neighbors and friends, you know, packing up boxes and taking them to the neighbor's houses. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, we see the driller and the, people say that the cargo still has a pulse and then we he turns around and just sees spinning hats and you're like wait what happened here and then the, we get the title card zero days to christmas um the dad is almost killed because pietri put a bear trap in the fireplace to stop santa from coming down the fireplace uh it's pretty intense pietri goes outside to pee and sees that the pig head's gone so they go to the pit and there's blood and feathers and then the dad sees a hand, so he sends Pietri away, um, calls his big friend who shows up, and they bring the man into the butcher shop. The other guy's dressed as Santa Claus because it's Christmas, which is, which is interesting. They think the uh, man is maybe one of the miners, and so they're going to try to ex you know, extort $85,000 from this person. Um, Pietri investigates the pit and finds the bag with a weird wooden wicker child in it which is very strange uh, meanwhile his dad is going to carve up the dead man but the dead man moves and they notice it's sniffing as pietri peeks in through through the window it's very very strange how this movie unfolds the cops uh pick up pietri after he takes off running and takes him to the neighbors and they notice all of his potato sacks are gone and then pietri's like putting it together there was a sack in the pit it had a wood child in it Pietri had to juice those uh, bed and it has one of the wicker kids in it and his friend is missing. And then he starts to figure out all the children are missing. His dad asks the friend to translate because they think the man speaks English, but he does not. And in the butcher barn, his friend discovers that the man can smell gingerbread and whispers something and the man bites his ear, which is again, terrifying. Uh, he's like crouched down when they enter the thing in this like little, uh, I don't know, alcove almost in the building. And he's like yeah. staring at a Santa hat. And I, at this point in the film, I was just like, what is going on? Like, who is this? Are they going to make this a murderous Santa? Because there is a plethora of horror films out there where they're like, we're going to subvert the image of Santa, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas, all of these things. Um, so I was like, oh, is this a, like a, a finished version of that? But it's not, as we find out as we watch the film. It's something I've never seen before. Uh, the men attempt to interrogate the man, but get no response. Then Petri walks in, and the man turns his head and stares at him. So they tie the man up. <laughs> well, they shot him, too. Oh, then they shot him. That's true. That happened yeah. in the same... Uh, Pietri comes in and the man moves towards him. Oh, that's when they tie him up. They have a radio and they tell the guy with the coat on that they have Santa. 
And so the guy's like, okay, well, then we got to meet. So he flies in in a helicopter. And then the man sees this glimmer in the, uh, the captured person's eyes. And he freaks out and says, everyone put your weapons down, be really nice and smile. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they are surrounded by hundreds of naked old men. <laughs> Which is again, another wild visual in a film that's like full of lush, wild visuals. And at that, that point in the film, I was like, I don't even know where this is going, but this is, I've never seen this before. Uh, they go in a building and there's a giant frozen horned Santa, essentially. Yes. And all of the, the uh, stolen devices from out the The, the radiators and ovens. Yeah, radiators, ovens, and blow dryers are all in there to yes. try to frost this, this thing. Um, Pietro, and the children were all bagged up in front of them. Oh, that's right. They're all in bags. So they run around like, I didn't even write that down. Uh, yeah. but they run around going to free the kids. And then they're like, wait. Pietro says, I have a plan. So they send Juzo's dad to go get the helicopter. And then they lift up all the kids in the sack and start just flying them around, followed by hundreds of naked old men. <laughs> so the, to film this section, um, there is a lot of special effects involved but the men that are naked are actually men that lived in this area and they volunteered to be in the film. So they're all actual locals that just were like, yeah, we'll get naked and run through the snow. This will be fun. So it's, it creates a wild visual for sure. Pietri uh, is riding on top of the sack of children that's flying around with the helicopter and he drops down into an area that they've electrified to catch reindeer. And they decide like, this is what we're gonna do. We will capture these, these elves or I don't even know what they're referring to them at this time, uh, which they do. And then they say, what's 198 Santa Claus's net worth? And they figured out it's a lot of money. So then we see a montage of them washing the elves and teaching them how to be Santas only to wheel them into crates that'll be shipped around the world. Rare exports. <laughs> Rare exports. The end. Uh, I forgot to ask, but had you ever heard of this film before? No, no, I hadn't. Okay, so we're two for two here. Yes. That's fantastic. I tried to avoid um, ones that you would have perhaps seen before because we all know those so well. Um, and they get celebrated on all kinds of things. My, my wife's favorite thing at this time is to watch all the Hallmark holiday films. Oh, of course, many people's, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the one time where I'm like, okay, we're, we're adults watching G-rated movies. About You know, it's just very surreal to me. But, um, but it's, it's good fun. Last night we watched two. And they always have Christmas in the title, the Hallmark ones. It's like Christmas in New Hampshire, Christmas puppy, Christmas kitten. Like, it's just like, all right. You know, what's funny too, Dirk, is that the gentleman in the movie is always named Nick or Chris. yes. They think it's yes. so subtle today. <laughs> and, yeah. and I have friends, like, once again, that, that sometimes I'll stay with them in a ho during the holidays, and he'll call me Nick or Chris. <laughs> it's huh? like, okay. Yeah. yeah, there it is. And how many years total have you been Santa Shane? This is my 14th year. 14th year. Yes. That's great. And um, I got to ask, because it's something that I always thought about as a kid, seeing a movie like say Halloween, right? 
where the killer comes out once a year. Well, there's 364 days a year that he's not a killer. So what is he doing with his free time? You know, it's like, what happens? So, so what does a Santa do when it's not holiday season? Well, like you were asking before, I'm sorry, we didn't get to answer that. But so my, my season goes from usually the beginning or middle of November up until Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve is my biggest visiting, obviously, day of the year. Um, so everyone go to bed early. <laughs> so uh, after that, I usually like to go somewhere warm. Mm. So you might find me in the Florida Keys or in Puerto Rico or somewhere else that's warm in the country or out of the country. Um, I also spend a lot of my time, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin. So it's the water park capital of the world. A lot of people don't know that. But I spend a good portion of my season there a year, you know, other than Christmas season. So they'll find me up there. And um, yeah, and you can go on my website and find out where else you might find Santa in the office. And can people like hire you year round for through Zoom? Or no, I only perform or? from, you know, mid-November to the end of December. Got I it. used to go all the way up through February because a lot of corporations, they have to have their Christmas party after Christmas. Oh, that makes sense. And it got to be quite redundant, you know. Yes, you can see your viewers can't or your listeners can't, but a lot of bleach. Right. <laughs> oh, that's and, how you do it. Yes. And um, so, yeah, it gets quite, you know, I don't know, it's, it's difficult to keep that look up all year round. But um, yeah, I do have, in fact, up in the Wisconsin Dells, the water park cap of the world, I have cabins and cottages up there that people rent from me year round. And, you know, and of course, you know where they're at, Dirk? Christmas Mountain. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. Yes. Wow. So in addition to being Santa Shane, you also have cabins that you rent out and yes. you have other entrepreneur ventures. Yes. Yes. Oh, wonderful. So, so yeah. people can come rent your cabins at Christmas Mountain. Yes. yes. Is that is that something people can search online? Yes. So if they look up myfriendscabin.com. Okay. And there's a link on my wish for Santa page. Oh, I missed you know, it. I'll have to yeah. check that out. Yeah. Well, you know, I just recreated a couple pages. So that one might have gotten knocked off, but I'll, I'll add it back in. But they can go to myfriendscabin.com to look at the cabin and cottages. And, you know, the Wisconsin Dells area is a great place. You know, it goes back from the 1800s when, you know, all the uh, log, you know, was in demand in the Wisconsin area. So it, it's quite an interesting historical area. So I enjoy that. And I enjoy just other parts of the country. You can see me throughout the country, you know, in the off season. Yeah. Uh, do you do you lose the beard in the off season or do you keep the beard? It gets here? trimmed down. And believe it or not, just like, you know, if you saw, uh, what is that with Tim Allen? Um, oh, the, the Christmas with the Cranks? No, the other the other one. Um, the Santa Claus. Oh, right. They're my my yeah. parents so, love those films. So everything goes back to brown. Okay. So my hair and my beard, and then you won't really recognize me like you do right now, but yeah. Wow, that is so fun. You know, I honestly never thought that, in my, in my mind, it's just like, well, they're just always Santa year round, just sitting around like, well, it'll be November soon, but that's so funny. And the bleach thing, I would have never thought the bleach thing, but that's... Oh, yes. A lot of bleach, you know, because my hair is quite long, but I do get my hair trimmed, and my beard gets trimmed down, and then back to brown for everything, and my natural colors. And then, yeah. And then I explore the world. So yeah, I have the cabins and cottages. I have the Santa business. Then I have a marketing business. So. Oh, you know. marketing too. Yes. 
yeah so yeah but can, you know how you found me <laughs> uh, you know how you found me i i put a lot of seo into my websites oh well there you go yeah yeah well i mean i looked at so many and uh you know sometimes santas didn't quite understand what i was trying to do or there was a you know what most of the people wouldn't chat out of persona oh okay um and i don't know i mean i just think it's so fascinating the the resource so it's it's difficult to get at that with someone that's in character you know what i mean like it's like i understand yes yeah i want these like, and these were kind of out of character movies absolutely absolutely uh but I mean, I just, I wanted to highlight like what someone like yourself does for so many people. And I can't do that if the whole time you're like correcting me and saying Santa, I'll be like, oh, but I mean, you as a person, this is your time that you're dedicating to like so many different families. It's pretty impressive. I enjoy it. Yes. And thousands of family families I've seen. And like I said, this is my 14th year. A lot of those families have been with me 14 years now. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, there are some articles. If you do like Google Santa Shane, you'll see a few of the articles out there of the families that I see and how much you know joy I've brought to them over the years. Yeah, I, I'll look at that up for sure. Uh, what is a good diet? Oh, sorry, <clears throat> what is a good day like for Santa Shane? Um, well, I like it a little bit cold. Obviously, those suits are pretty warm. Oh yeah. Yes. So I like it a little bit cooler day. Uh, snow is always nice. You know, although there have been Saturdays when I go from seven in the morning till eight or nine at night wow. making visits. And I can tell you it was two or three years ago, there were 17 inches of snow that day. So a little bit, a little bit harder to do visits. But I can tell you a lot of the personal appearances I do, some are mostly 20 minute visits where I go in. And that's another thing. I like to keep the kind of the wonder alive where yeah. when I go into a home, it's was he really here? So when I go in, you know, I'll jingle my bell. Sometimes we'll sing songs with the children and the families. I'll tell them a story. And then, you know, I'll ask them their wishes. And then I'll be leaving. And they didn't really have time to think about, oh, you know, which way did he come in? Which way did he leave? So it's not a question of, did he come through the door? Why didn't he come through the chimney? Where's his car? Where's his sleigh? You know, and, you know, but once in a while I do get caught. And I can tell you, it's, it's funny because children will see me you know, get out of a car and go to a house or a home. And um, they'll say, oh, Santa, where's your sleigh? And I'll say, you know, inevitably that there wasn't enough snow. So they had to ice down a runway at the airport for me and drive me out. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, it's a fast thinking profession. You have to be quick on your feet. I can tell you myself, I had three in-home child cares for 15 years. So I had watched a lot of children and none of those children ever knew that I was Santa whoa yeah very so crafty just, they didn't notice your hair change color no you know it, <laughs> it was just a different persona for them you know and it was like i wouldn't wear the suit in front of them and they had no idea what i was doing or who i was yes wow so in 14 years of being santa shane you must have seen like toy trends come and go is it is there timeless requests from children where you're like oh this kid's five it's a puppy or is it you know my daughter loves lol dolls right now so that's all she wants to talk about so lol dolls have been going for years i would say at least three or four years now okay. that they've been the top trend one of the top trends mm -hmm. i could tell you a timeless classic is legos oh yeah great you know 
So they get to be that age and it's Legos. Obviously, you know, girls are more about the dolls and clothing. And it, what's really interesting is when I get a three-year-old that says she wants makeup or nail polish. And it's like, oh, okay. And what I love is like, especially when I was on TV answering children's questions live on the year, children would call in and you could tell how old they were even in person. And they say, I want an iPhone. Oh, and the right. parents always got a kick out of my answer. I would say, well, do you have a good job? And they'd say, no. I'd say, well, once you get a good job, then you can have an iPhone. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah. That's really funny. But yes, young children. You know, this year it's going to be kind of rough with um, the PS5 coming out. You know, that's the hot new electronic right. of the season. But I always have the answer of I've talked to the elves and production has been kind of crazy. We're having a problem getting the doohickeys into the thingamajigs. And there's not going to be enough to go to everyone. So I'll try to get you something special in the sleigh, but it probably won't be a PS5. Yeah, there you go. My daughter walked in the kitchen the other day while I was making dinner and she said, I figured out, I think Santa has 100 elves. That's a lot, right? And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty big number, but for all the toys for the kids in the world? And she goes, you're right probably 15,000, which is like the biggest yeah. number she could think of. But I was like, I think that's probably about how many elves. Santa. That's cool. Yeah. And I get a lot of children that Santa, you know, you can just, if you can't make it for me, you could just go to Walmart and pick it up for me. Right. And then other children go, oh, Santa, do you disperse all your extra toys and presents at Walmart? I go, yes, that's how, you know, the elves and I make all those. There you go. Just don't, don't look at the trademarks and where things are manufactured uh what about a bad day like what what does a cold mean for you during peak time like i do try to stay pretty healthy i found out a few years ago zycam is tremendous okay so it, it helps you through most of that i can tell you this year i've already gotten my flu shot and i've already gotten my shingle shot there you, you know that, those are things you have to stay healthy and <laughs> i kind of like the idea that i don't know if you saw on the news a few weeks ago that the uh the antibodies were going to be given out to santa's first Did no i didn't see that yeah so it was maybe a month or two ago but it was a, it was a while ago and it was like they're going to make santa's the poster children of the new vaccine okay well i hope they work out the kinks first but uh, uh if it's exactly if it's totally worked out i think no one could argue with starting with santa you know no. <laughs> well first like... for frontline people and then santa after right that. Yeah. hey he's pretty pretty on the front line these times yeah. you know uh, what's your favorite thing about being Santa Shane? I enjoy spreading the joy of it. You know, the Christmas cheer. I, I really like it when, you know, I've gone to houses. I can tell you last year, a house that I've been visiting for at least 13 years and they lost the matriarch of the family oh. um, just a month before Christmas. And, you know, they were like, hey, Santa Shane, we still want you to come. It's going to be at a different house. Can you travel this much further? And I was like, most definitely. I still want to be the Santa for those children of all ages. You know, the, the aunts, uncles, parents, everyone, they enjoy the time they spend with me. We sing Christmas carols. In fact, it's one of the last um, visits of the night on Christmas Eve, which is about 11 p.m. Mm. So, and sometimes my nights go to two or three in the morning. I sneak into people's homes and, you know, jingle my bells and wake everyone up. And it's a grand time. Wow. I, I could tell you one of the roughest visits I had was about four years ago. I visited a three-year-old girl and the neighbor had called me and I do, you know, quite a few visits, you know, for different specialties. Um, 
the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I'll be doing virtual visits for them this year. And for Candy Cane Lane, I mentioned that goes to the MAC Fund, which is the Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer. So I had gotten a call from this neighbor and she had said, well, my neighbor's daughter is just getting out of the hospital. She has cancer and she's going to be home for a few days. Can you come and make a visit? I said, most definitely. Well, the neighbors had a few presents on the porch. So I grabbed those as I went into the home and I spent some time with the little girl. She was three years old, as I said. Her little sister was a year and a half. Uh, we spent some time together. I sang songs. I read them a story. We actually played with some of the gifts that they had gotten. And I had left that evening and sad to say that was her last Christmas. Jeez. Yeah. Do you go, do you go into hospitals as well and do things like that? They don't allow those okay. in this area. And one, one of the biggest things is, is because of the suit, it's not, you know, it is clean, but it's not sanitary enough. Like gotcha. a, you know, what would be, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, like a, a gown or anything. And then it's not Santa anymore. I can tell you years ago, I did go to, it was called St. Joseph's, the baby hospital. And I took a picture with each child and most of them were in incubators. So I would just stand next to the incubator and that was their first and sometimes their last picture with Santa. Wow. So yeah, there are some rough days, but you know, I enjoy bringing the joy and the spirit of Christmas to everyone. Yeah, that's lovely. Well, this brings us to, uh, oh no, wait, first, do you have any advice for someone interested in Santa-ness? What is it? I don't, being a Santa? <laughs> Becoming a professional Santa Claus. There we go. Thank well, you. For one, I would say pick a colder climate. I do blog with Santas <laughs> around the world and some of them we talk back and forth and I've helped a few of them out because there's these things called cold vests which they have to wear under their uniform mm. and you know um it's funny i call it a santa suit and you know a lot of people call it different things but those are my suits by the way i have five of them and you've seen my belt buckle which is real gold yeah I love so it. i would say the better portrayal you can make of yourself the more christmas joy and spirit you can share mm -hmm. with everyone um don't forget everyone well, I don't know when this will air, but right now it's 32 days until Christmas. Right. So it's coming up fast. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and now we've reached my favorite question. It's the final question. Uh, Santa Shane, what are your dreams like? Hmm. You know, you mean dreams and aspirations? What I want to, okay. No, like so, sleep time. <laughs> guess what? I'm doing it, man. Cool. This you know, this is a life that I've made for myself. Obviously, my businesses, I'm, I am a true, what I consider entrepreneur. And I enjoy what I do. You know, people, they have, you know, quirks that I can't get to sleep at night. Guess what? I sleep fine. And, you know, my biggest thing is when I wake up the next day, I go, well, how many visits do I have today? You know, I have to make sure I can meet these children's wishes. And, you know, and that's the big thing. I enjoy, you know, granting their wishes. I mean, figuratively, not you know, right. not in person, but, you know, <laughs> when I, when they ask me questions, I like to be able to answer them. And, you know, I like to spread the joy and the spirit of Christmas. That is truly a magnificent thing, you know, and for even the people that, you know, if they can't grow a beard, they can donate time somewhere, helping out an organization or something in their community to help spread that Christmas cheer. Yeah, absolutely. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing to end on. I just want to reiterate uh, 
wish for santa that's for the number.com uh wish for santa on instagram as well as facebook uh, apparently people can also get rent cabins from you at christmas mountain which is fantastic uh santa shade thank you so much for watching these films and for giving me your time today you're very welcome dirk thank you for having me yeah merry christmas it. merry christmas oh, oh.